0: Welcome everybody back to the Fire Talk podcast and YouTube channel. So for today's video, we're going to be talking about Seiya Suzuki, um, and we brought brought one of our good friends, Chris here. Um, Chris is going to be talking about a lot about him as a player. He knows much more than than Chase, Isaac, and I on Suzuki, um, and he also just wrote an article on him and just kind of an in depth look at at who he is as a player and kind of giving his profile. So I will also comment that and pin that comment below. But Chris, do you want to talk about Suzuki a little bit as a player and then? Chase, Isaac, we'll get all of our thoughts on him, and then we'll come back around and talk about his actual chances of potentially becoming a San Diego Padre.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you guys don't know me, I'm Chris Correa. I'm on Twitter, Chris Correa 15 I'm, I try my best to get some sources on what, who I think is going to go where in baseball, give my thoughts. And so um, one of the players who's getting a lot of attention right now during the lockout is Seiya Suzuki, as Matt alluded to. And so I did some super deep digging on this guy probably like the last three nights just straight like forgetting about my actual homework to just look into this guy and his stats in Japan. So what you guys need to know about him initially is that he is a superstar over there, probably not to the level of Shohei Otani. Obviously, we all know what Otani could do, especially since he's transitioned very well over here in the United States, but he is probably the next Big thing out of the country. Um, he's a right fielder. He's super fast. He has insane power. Those are like the three g- things you guys need to know about him. Although there are other important things, including his defense. Um, we were talking before we started recording. He's a gold glover in Japan, he's a multiple time All Star. And yeah, that's pretty much the basics of Seiya Suzuki. Um, there's been a couple of teams who have been linked to him already. There's been the Red Sox, the Mariners, the Giants, the Blue Jays, the Yankees. I think even somebody on Twitter even reported that the Padres could be looking at him. And so that's why I want to thank Matt, Chase, Isaac, the guys for having me on. Because it is a possibility that, you know, San Diego could scoop him up. And quite frankly, I think he could be a pretty solid fit in San Diego. So that's the most basic introductory breakdown that I could give right now. So I'll I'll hand it off to the other guys to see what they think.
2: You know, we are in need of a either right fielder or left fielder. We've seen Will Myers and right. If you look at his defensive metrics, he fits much better in left field. So you know you're really searching for a right fielder if you dig into the analytics. Um you're looking for the right fielder. Like Chris said, he's extremely fast uh you were mentioning before he had an average arm that's why he doesn't play center The guy hits for tremendous amounts of power um i think you said he had over like a 980 career ops which is just absolutely insane so you know guy hits home runs he steals bases gold glove defense like you just said that's kind of everything you need in a right fielder and it, just having the speed aspect is just so much greater in right field than anywhere else because normally right field is your big stocky guy that's just hits a bunch, of, a bunch of bombs and, you know, has a strong arm. But, you know, you do that, um, we're going into his contracts. How much did you think he was going to make per year, Chris?
1: Well, MLB trade rumors and fan graphs have him projected to make around $11 million per year. And they're also projecting around like a four to five year contract for him.
2: That's perfect. I mean, instead of signing Chris Bryant to, you know, over $130 million contract, you can take a shot at this guy. who's already a superstar and we've seen some Japanese talent come over and be really successful. And, you know, Shohei say Kikuchi as of recently. I mean, they had the chance to transition over to the MLB really well. And you know what? Why not take that shot and save yourself potentially $80 million, an extra two years on a contract?
3: Yeah, so there's a lot of things to like about the guy. Um, coming off a 38 home run year, uh, I believe his career OPS over uh, – he's in the Japan league, right? Japan? Yeah, okay, cool. He's in Japan. Career uh, OPS over there is like a 943, uh, 30, 309 batting average I think it is. So a lot of things to like about the guy, a lot of things uh, to look forward to in terms of production to whatever team he goes to. Yeah. Um, I've seen I've seen that in, in a recent article he has like a above average arm so I mean I guess in right it wouldn't be the worst thing to have him there I was saying that uh, before we started I was saying that the furthest throw on the field is from right field to third base so you kind of need somebody with a strong arm there we've seen Mookie bets throw people out from insane 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 ranges so uh, you know yeah I, I prefer somebody who's faster and who has a strong arm out there in right field. Um, and if and if uh, say is going to be able to do that, then, of course, you know, $11 million is nothing to budge about. Um, but when we come back around, I, I'll probably talk because, I mean, it's just scary as Padre fans just because the window is supposed to be now. And we don't want like we don't want to the risk might be high, but the reward might be even higher if if. The,
0: Yeah, so I think the first thing, one thing I want to touch on, Isaac, his, um, his OPS was actually 985 career-wise, so a little higher, and his career average um, in the Japanese League was 315, so a little higher numbers, just a couple ticks up, um, but this is this is a guy I think, yes, there's going to be risk, I think, in all international signings um, when you're coming from, I mean, we saw it with Haseo and Kim, though I think that's a lot different just because the velocity, the pitching in the KBO is not the level that it is in Japan. So I think that's one of the big differences. Um, We've also seen a lot of players come out of the Japanese league that are pitchers Uh, for the Padres. You just saw Pierce Johnson do that. Um, And you just, uh, Robert Suarez is coming over. He's coming from the Japanese league as well, correct? I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. So you, you have two guys on the Padres right now that are coming over from the Japanese league. Suzuki's numbers are so good. So it's hard to look at him and be like, okay like how is this adjustment gonna happen? because so far like like we've talked about he's been a superstar in, J- in Japan. so I would expect him to be a guy that could outperform that contract by so much and to me, I do like the idea of, of going and getting him if it's five years 55 million, let's say um, I think that's a pretty decent enough bargain. that's a little bit more than Haseon and Kim was signed for and this guy is a a significantly better bat. Now, Haseon Kim is, you know, he has gold glove caliber defense, but like we talked about Suzuki, he won, what was it, four gold gloves in Japan. So it's not like he's a, is three. Yeah, it's not like he's a slouch in in terms of defense either. Um, And he would plug into right field. You could put him in right. You could move Myers to left. We've talked about doing that, or you could move Myers to first. We've talked about doing both of those things, but it's something that I think could immediately help the Padres a ton. And if this is a hit as a contract, that that can like move the Padres um like it, it can make their lineup that much better where he could plug in as a five hitter that has guys always set up from on the table and just has some monster bomb he can hit 20 I mean I don't know Chris I guess my next question for you would then be where would you kind of expect him to project um this next season
1: well with all international players there is that risk as everybody said um It may take some time to adjust to America, the style of play, the stadiums, uh, you know, the entire environment. Um, I would not be surprised if he does still have a high average, like in the 290 range, even higher, because that's another important thing. I know Isaac uh, referred to it. His average in Japan was 315. And then in my article, I also talked about how although he's never played on American soil, he has faced. American pitching, like major league caliber pitching, whether that was in uh the premier twelve tournaments in twenty nineteen, or against the Olympics this past year, and yeah, the Olympics happened during the major league season, so the very best pitchers that the United States had to offer weren't there, but there were still guys on that pitching roster in that rotation that started the year in the major leagues. Scott Kazmir for one of them, and there are other guys who ended the year in the major leagues on Team USA which is David Robertson and Joe Ryan. And guess what he did against the United States? Shane Baz is another one that the Rays just brought up, uh, going to be a superstar, I think, Cy young caliber pitcher. And guess what he did against the United States? He, he reached base three times in both games, scored multiple runs in both games. Um, he was an MVP in the 2019 Premier 12 tournament, which they faced the United States in the final. And so, I mean, this guy absolutely dominates the international competition. japan also played the dominican republic korea those guys as we know dominican republic they produce superstars he gets on base all the time like the stage doesn't frighten him maybe it helped that the olympics were in japan last year but i mean still he he showed up when it mattered most so i think that's something to be excited about when he comes over here to the major leagues
0: so then, final question for everyone, and Chris, you can start off with this one too. But where do you kind of expect him to go, and and do you think there's a chance that he does up, um, does become a Padre? Now you're obviously doing this not from like us looking at it from like a Padres perspective, but kind of as like you know a non-Padres fan. What do you think the Padres' chances are? And then for Chase and Isaac, after Chris kind of explains his thoughts on it, um, you talked about it a little bit, Isaac. But what do you guys think? Um, like what do you guys think the Padres' chances are to actually go after him?
1: Well, I think he'd be a good fit for the Padres. But the decision ultimately falls on his shoulders. So I would say that the chances of San Diego signing him would be less than 50%. And I'm just saying that because there's other teams who have been more active in discussions with him. Um, his agent said in an interview that they met with the Mariners. Uh, Mariners president of baseball ops, Jerry Depoto. Even he mentioned that they met with him and he's, like, super excited. He's seen Jerry DePoto talk. He's all amped up all the time about potentially signing guys, especially a guy like Suzuki, who I think it's obvious he really wants. So I think the Mariners are a good team to watch out for. Uh, Chase was saying before that, you know, the Mariners have a good history of signing um, Asian players from the Pacific from the Pacific, you know, whether that be Japan, the surrounding islands, Korea. Um, they've had Ichiro. They've had other guys there. Even uh, 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 who was the guy that that just uh opted out of his contract with Seattle? Um,
2: you say Kikuchi?
1: Yeah, Kikuchi. Yeah. So they have a lot of experience there. I even mentioned in my article that um the Mariners, along with the Giants, I know you guys won't be happy hearing this as Padres fans, that they were finalists in signing Shohei Otani before he before he landed in Anaheim. And uh, I think he'd be a a good fit in San Francisco, too, considering another thing we hadn't talked about yet is his plate discipline. He has a 16% strikeout rate and a matching 16% walk rate. And against the United States in the Olympics, he walked twice in their first meeting. So people are cautious with him, but he is also smart, so we should give him credit there. So I think with uh, Gabe Kapler's analytically driven offense in San Francisco, he could be a good fit there. And uh, the final team who I think we should really watch out for is the Red Sox. They just made a huge trade right before the lockout was implemented, trading their Gold Glove finalist Hunter Renfro to the Brewers for career two hundred hitter Jackie Bradley Jr. Um, you know Jackie Bradley has won a Gold Glove in center field last year. Kike Hernandez he played center field most of the time for the Red Sox, but when he signed with the Red Sox everybody had the um they were expecting him to play mostly infield and be a utility guy we could see kike move to second jackie bradley to center and Hein bloom president of baseball for of the red sox he mentioned that they are in need of a left-handed bat especially with the departure of hunter renfro so i think with that um 11 million dollars per year it's a good gamble to take just like we were saying with the padres you know there's always a risk, but this may be a risk worth taking, especially considering the stats he put up in Japan.
2: I'm always for the risk. You know, you have to risk it. You know, teams do that all the time, you know, either promoting a prospect too soon, too late. There's always risks coming with being a baseball team. And, but going into the international market and finding talent, You know, and then transitioning into the MLB is probably the biggest risk, but sometimes it pays off the most. We saw Angels and Shohei Otani. Everybody was really concerned with his first year because he got injured, but his second, third year in, and he was the unanimous MVP of the AL for both being, one, a Cy Young caliber pitcher, and two, probably one of the best offensive bats in the AL outside of Vladimir Guerrero Jr., You know, it's definitely worth it. It's definitely worth the risk. He's only going to be taking $11, $12 million. The Padres have that money to spend. And instead of going and spending, blowing it on a big contract such as Castellanos or Bryant, why not take the less money and possibly the higher caliber player at this point?
3: Yes. Pretty much only scary to me because 2022, or well, it was supposed to start in 2021 up until, uh, I don't know, 2025 maybe is supposed to be their window of contention. And that's considering, you know, Fernando's going to be on a $36 million contract, or I mean, he's already on the contract, but pretty soon it's going to be up to $36 million. Um, You know, Manny's, Manny's not getting any younger. His contract's only going to, I think it's pretty steady throughout the contract, but he's only going to get older. Um, Now, if we're able to offload a couple contracts, not just Hosmer's, a couple, I mean like Myers, Hosmer, um, maybe one of Kim or Profar, if we're able to offload those and get Suzuki, of course, that's perfect. That'd be great. Um, So I think the risk is worth the reward if you're able to do that. Um, 11 million, it's not that much. You're able to afford it. I was thinking maybe he'd be the same as Hasan, Hasan Kim in terms of money, but it's gonna be more expensive with the market inflation, also higher caliber player. Um, I don't know about defensively because Hassan Kim is a gold glove caliber defender for sure. Um, but definitely worth the risk. I don't I don't know how I, I'm not hundred percent sold on it. I think it's gonna take me a little more time because I've I've seen the Padres, you know, buy high and not develop and and it doesn't work out for them, and then they're just stuck trying to trade another contract that's not that's not um you know, in favor of other teams, but it's not like an Eric Hosmer contract. It's not like a Will Myers contract. So um, I don't know. I guess we'll see. I think he'll probably be a Red Sox. I think so. Um, I think that's where his playing style fits the most in terms of his power. I I mean, Chris was saying that he's able to hit to all sides of the field. So um, I don't know. I think in terms of fit and, uh, you know, where he'll probably have the least amount of pressure to perform, I think the Red Sox are a good fit for him.
0: Yeah, I could definitely see him filling in. Um, you would need him to play gold co- glove caliber defense if he does go play right field in Fenway, though. So talk about like having an immediate huge responsibility. Um, also, Chris, I love that you bring up Hunter Renfro because I don't, I don't know how Chase and Isaac feel about Hunter Renfro, but I, was, I always loved Hunter Renfro. And last year he was nasty. Um, so I like that you brought up that he was a gold glove finalist traded for a 200 hitter because I was a little bit confused by that as well. But if this deal is coming, that makes a little bit more sense. Um, and you could have Jackie Bradley Jr. be in center. It, it makes a lot more sense, I think. Um, but this actually has to go through in that case. So we'll see what happens. Um, in terms of the Padres, I would love if they made this move. I think this would be a great move. I think it's one where, is there a substantial amount of risk in it? Absolutely, 100%. You're, you're paying $11 million, potentially a $55 million contract for a guy that's never, never played in the MLB, though he has hit against MLB pitching. But... think the numbers in japan i think many many players coming over from that league and having their production their you know transfer over to the mlb um i think that we've seen okay these guys can like adapt their game and change and become mlb great mlb ball players and so for him i think that he translates there i think he has the tools and i think that's the biggest thing when you look at some of these guys of do they have that superstar potential and i think for suzuki i think he does does that mean he's going to be a superstar immediately? hundred percent not, you know, there's a very good chance that he doesn't ever like reach his true ceiling or, or whatever the case is, but is there a chance? Absolutely. And only sending a guy for $11 million in the international market. I think that's a, or eight, $11 million a year. I, I think that's a good option for the Padres. And I think that he could be a guy that even if the bat isn't there uh, right away, at least he's going to be playing good right field. And that's still going to be an, an upgrade in terms of your corner outfielders if you have Myers in left and you have Suzuki and right. So overall I do like the move, but I think that's going to do it for us today. Uh, Chris, I want to say thanks again for coming on uh, really fun to talk about Suzuki. I had heard a lot about him, but it was fun to, to get a little bit more in depth on, on him and his numbers. And he's definitely a very exciting player. I think no matter where he lands, he's definitely a guy to keep an eye on just as a baseball fantasy, how his career kind of unfolds just because all the recent success we've had out of Japan. So hopefully wherever he ends up, ton of success to him. Um, but that's going to do it for today's video. So thank you all for listening and we'll be back talking about, uh, Chris Bryan, I think tomorrow. So thank you all. And we'll be talking very soon.